Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys. Hey, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gops, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world. Thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re rate, re review. By doing that, you have made us the biggest podcast in the world. We appreciate it. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, week one of the NFL took place over the weekend. Week two in college football, a lot of great games, a lot of great action. The witching hour. Oh, the witching hour. Oh, my God. The greatest witching hour of the season, and it's only week one. How about that? Listen, there was no way, because I am moving my daughter into college right now, but there was no way I was going to let week one in the NFL come and go and a Notre Dame loss come and go without giving my hot takes on college football and the NFL and speaking with my friend, Mike Golick Jr. and my other friend, Mikey A. So let's get to it right now. Hot takes with Golick Jr. and Mikey A. about everything that transpired in football over the weekend, plus an update on how I'm intimidating men from approaching my daughter in college. How about that? Stupidity. Let's get to it. Stu Gatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. 
Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. I have been enjoying ice-cold Miller Lights for as long as I can remember. In fact, I enjoyed some over the weekend. As the Knicks beat the Sixers in advance of the second round, me and my friends, we sat around, we celebrated. With ice-cold Miller Lights, what did we do? We made fun of Joel Embiid. Ah, I love it, the Knicks. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So Mikey A thinks I'm like uh, devilish, but he also agrees that we should do this. We uh, we had Gola Jr. Smeddy on with uh, Marcus Freeman. Uh, Billy said, play like a national semifinalist today. We wanted to change the play like a champion sign today. Now it should be like, <laughs> play like you're making it to the Alamo Bowl. I mean, but Mikey A., what I'm wondering is, could you ever get upset at a uh, at a coach as good-looking as Marcus Freeman? Could you? Robert Sala is a pretty good-looking dude. It's a fair point. <laughs> and you're outraged with him, aren't you? A little bit. Why? Why, <laughs> Why are you so outraged? Because we sucks. know what Joe Flacco is at this yes. point. Let's right. see anybody else. Yes. Mike White is who you wanted. White Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> White <is>. Mike White. <laughs> Nothing better. Uh, are you going to be willing to join us when the Marshall head coach joins us this week? <laughs> Sons of bitches. I actually That's did the- not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. Oh, no. Seriously. I, be- I, be- I, be- I believe it. I actually had their bowl game last year. They played in the New Orleans Bowl against, I believe, Louisiana. But that was the wild part about this game is I would argue their best player is not on the field right now. Rasheen Ali is an awesome running back who has been away from the team for undisclosed reasons for the first number of weeks of the season. And they still went out there and pushed Notre Dame around pretty good, man. That was wild. 
I know. How do you feel, Mike? I mean, you have the best looking 0-3 coach in America ever, probably. I mean, oh, there's no doubt. There's I say 0-3, no I realize they're 0-2 this year, but he lost the bowl game last year, so he's 0-3. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like, But even that, like, I encourage everyone to say, all right, he is 0-3 right now. One of those losses is against an Oklahoma State team that is currently 7th, Right. and was a much better roster in that Fiesta Bowl. And right. then the other team's the Ohio State team that's going to play Alabama or Georgia in the national championship this year. So, right. like, the Marshall loss is the one that's inexcusable, and yes. you can't have. The other two, it's like, man, they just scheduled a really tough game week one for what happened to be this guy's first game, and they were good last year. So, you know, this guy's not falling, but it might feel that way. So, real quick, just uh, – I. The, I'm used to the Jets losing. I don't. I don't have an affinity for another team the way you do for Notre Dame. How would you compare how people treat you after a loss like like Marshall compared to like in general? Like, is it kind of like 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 your cat just died and they're like, "Hey, buddy," you know? Like, oh. how would you? What would you equate it to? I mean, I mean the good ones, not the trolls. Oh, oh, the good ones. Yeah, they ease into it. I, everyone else. They're licking their chops because Notre Dame that I grew up watching, we were like, this happened all the time. The Notre Dame that I played for, we did this all the time. We lost to UConn and Syracuse on senior day, Tulsa, Brian Kelly's first year, USF, Brian Kelly's second year. Like we, we did this a lot. And so people have just gotten used to this, but yeah, my friends have all sort of slow rolled it. My friends that work in media hit me up on speed dial and want to be on whatever radio show that they were hosting today because Shit, they know how the game works. But, uh, yeah, everyone else tweet, treats you like you lost. Maybe not a loved one, but definitely a pet. Uh, Billy was definitely – well, how long – Mike, when was that game over on Saturday, the Notre Dame-Marshall game? Because I will, I, I want to take when the ending was from when Billy sent his first text. The guy. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I need to go back and see the timestamp on Billy's first text. That It was 425 bastard. Eastern on, on Saturday. So oh, yeah, the game – the game wasn't over by that point. <laughs> Billy didn't wait at all. <laughs> no, and the worst part about it, Stu Gatz, was I looked down at that text from Billy. I am calling a game on national radio, Oklahoma, Arizona State at Oklahoma State. So I'm sitting in the press box in Stillwater, already having to fake interest in conversation with people as I'm watching this game out of the corner of my eye on TV and right. trying not to be the riled up member of the media in the press box motherfucking and slamming the table when things are going wrong at the end of that game and then I look down and I see that text from Billy and I said the worst things on earth under my breath about a guy that I love a lot in Billy Gill. Uh, and Billy's text was to God, see if you can get to Notre Dame before the game in November, because Marcus Freeman not, might not still be there to show you around the campus. <laughs> I mean, what a fucking rat <laughs> Billy. And you know what, Billy, it shined through when we were talking to Marcus and really to Ryan day bully. Billy is one of the elite trolls of our time. Yes, like a lot is. of people can do it on the internet, Billy has the gumption and the ability to needle you right to your face in a way that is really impressive. Right. Well, here's the thing about Billy that people don't realize. He doesn't care. No. <laughs> he doesn't care about any of this. None of it. He doesn't even like sports. I mean... <laughs> no, he's he is a true anarchist. Like, Stugatz, you live to stir shit as well, but yes. you care a lot. 
Like deep down in your core, there are very few people that care much about sports in general as you do. And then there's Billy who has absorbed all of the Stugatzianness of shit stirring and needling and poking people, but he's not bound by anything. He's like the Joker in the Batman movie. He's great at it. He's so good at it. It's amazing. Uh, We continued that text thread. Uh, Smetty was on it as well. Uh, asking if you'd like to have Brian Kelly back. <laughs> and Billy got very excited. Wow, would either of you take BK back for a 2-0 record? Uh, would you, Mike? <laughs> I think you would. <laughs> I, Hold on, I, let me... That's Mikey a big a. win against Ohio State. Mikey A., do you think Mike Golick Jr. would? <laughs> I don't know if he'll openly admit it. I think if you put him in the dark corners of his mind, I think he would absolutely take a win at Ohio State and well, not the suffering of the loss at Marshall to be 2-0 right now. He would do well, that. What I will say is a lot of Notre Dame fans that didn't like Brian Kelly for one reason or another, I always said, man, I was comfortable. Like, yeah. the one thing we had was comfort and I truly think Brian looked around and saw the top end ceiling. And like, that's what this is about with Marcus. Like we couldn't have gotten a better person to come in as far as an outsider who's embraced Notre Dame, but it's also about, Hey, we think this guy recruiting wise can get us to that next level. And I always said that was going to require a little bit of sacrifice in the meantime. Yeah. And so I was kind of ready for something like this. I had prepared myself for four losses this season, maybe, now I'm looking and saying, all right, our quarterback's injured. You just got to be bowl eligible. Like That's the one thing that I don't think can be negotiable this year. I think you have to be a bowl team. You got to get those extra practices. But no, I wouldn't take it. I mean, listen, this is we, we knew what this was when he walked in. And I don't want, like Notre Dame fans, this guy had all this goodwill going into the season and did all the right shit. And now two games into the regular season, people want to burn this all down. I know it's not everybody, but relax, man. Relax. Jesus. Yeah. Plus, he's so damn good looking. And he's got it's candy just, in his office. I mean, he, d- he does. And they were giving out the market. I tell you what, someone made out like a bandit at that game because they were doing the Marcus Freeman commemorative cups with his face on them. Right. And I'm sure in a lot of people's dismay, they forgot about them. I'd have been in there. I'm buying low. I'm buying low right now, and I'm getting a ton of those cups. So by this time next year when we're talking about this team in a different light, now I'm the guy with the handsome cups, and all of you need my cups, and now I'm going to flip this, and we're talking about some real coin on the secondary market. It's like cleaning up the McDonald's when they had the Batman Forever collectible glasses. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. You got, you got to see the vision, man. See, everyone else is looking at the short term. I got a long-term horizon for how like I'm it. building out this re- uh, this resume for me, and it all starts with the handsome cup. So I'm getting as my hands on as many of those as I can if I was in that stadium. Wait, Mike, are there Notre Dame fans that want to fire Marcus Freeman already? Are you serious? Like, there's serious Notre Dame fans who want to do that? <laughs> I see. Uh, no, I think there's message board people okay. that want to do that. We're just I trying to stir it up, right? There are a lot of people that are very anti-Tommy Reese, their offensive coordinator, which is just, I think, people that don't know what they're watching when they watch football, which is fine. Like, you know, they're allowed to feel how they feel. But again, it's just people that have gotten really content with winning 10 games a year, which includes, like, the players now. That's going to be sort of wild to see how those guys respond because no one on campus, aside from the freshmen, has lost more than two games in the last five years. It's insane. It was a wild. Uh, it was a wild weekend of football, and we'll get to all of it in just a second. But Mike, what else stood out to you on Saturday? You had Texas A and M losing. You had Alabama. They should have lost that game. Texas, uh, a last minute field goal by Alabama, or last second field goal by Alabama, and uh, Texas wins. But what stood out for you, college football wise? You know, it's interesting because the Canes now go play Texas A and M this week, and it's like you can't lose. Appalachian State beat them. So, uh, what stood out for you? 
Yeah, I mean, my a Miami team that got everything they could handle from Southern Miss, too. So both teams kind of limping yeah. into this game in what I've called the money cannon overreaction bowl because we've seen both of these programs have a major influx of NIL money. And both fan bases, who I'm sure will respond calmly and rationally to whatever the result is coming up from Saturday <laughs> night. Going to be amazing. But for Texas A&M, man, really uninspired offense. I think I saw Haynes King right now is one of the 10 lowest QBRs of Power 5 quarterbacks in the start of the season so far they got pushed around by app state who knows who they are and we saw over the weekend man there's a premium paid in knowing who you are when it comes to going up against these sunbelt teams uh marshall app state georgia state and georgia southern georgia southern who ended the scott frost era at nebraska but yep. big takeaway from these two gots texas i don't know if they're back like i don't really like we'll, we'll save that for a meme game Texas can play defense, and that's yeah. wild because they were even before they had you know dirt mullet Quinn Ewers throwing footballs, and now he's banged up. Their offense was great last year in the Big Twelve. Their defense went out there and hung with Bama in the trenches, and that's where they have lagged so far behind recently. And if that's indicative of what's going on going forward, Texas fans and Sark should all be pretty excited because they're going to fix like the quarterback situation. They're just bringing winning lottery tickets to the table every year. If Quinn Ewers doesn't work out this year, you got Arch Manning rolling in next year. You're going to have options with a guy who knows how to coach offense. But the defensive part, that was the question mark. And I thought they provided a pretty emphatic answer in that game. That was an area where they definitely outperformed expectations. To give up 20 points to an Alabama team. Yeah, you're right. Like the defense is there. They get Arch. Arch Arch came there to play football. He didn't come there to sit behind anybody. So like the quarterback situation, you're right, is going to resolve itself. I was writing down, like I was doing weekend observations as I was watching that game. And I'm like, hey, Sark, you can't beat Alabama kicking threes. But he almost did. Like <laughs> He almost did. I mean, yes. think about it, Stu Gott. Like Hudson Card ends up going out there at quarterback. He's banged up. Your quarterback's limping through half that game. And somehow Sark and that staff kept them around long enough to make it the Alabama game that Nick Saban will use to ruin those players' lives. Like, we know he's always searching for that little mental edge to say, yes. oh, we're doubted or we're the underdog and can somehow convince his players of that. I No amount of money in the world to go be an Alabama player at practice this week. No yeah. amount of money in the known universe to go and go through what Nick Saban and that staff are likely going to put them through. It's because the best case scenario, Mike. They won the game, right? Yeah. They won the game, and he gets to work them like crazy this week. <laughs> oh, if if you're not named Bryce Young on that team, right. you're probably not going to have a good time. <laughs> but like, Stugatz, wanna... even with them, they don't have a – it's not the usual crop of first-round receivers in that wideout room. Like, Jameer Gibbs is the running back transferred over to them from Georgia Tech and is awesome. Like, next right. to Bryce Young, he's probably the second-best skill player on that offense. And after that, you're kind of looking around. So, it's interesting, man. We're in a world where Georgia all of a sudden is standing at the top of the heap again, and Kirby Smart's looking around going, I might have a pretty good shot to defend my title in a way that we weren't just willing to hand them right away at the start of the year. No, you're right. It's uh, Georgia, I think, is clear-cut best team in the country right now. So yeah. uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Uh, NFL-wise, Mikey A., how would you feel about the Jets? I mean, let's start right there quickly. Uh, <laughs> un not quickly. surprised. Not so right. The defense was, was, was actually a lot better than I thought it would be, but uh, yeah. Joe Flacco is still Joe Flacco. Yeah, not Broadway Joe. Garrett Wilson, though. <laughs> the rookies looked really good. Yes, yeah. 
Uh, but the team sucks. I mean, it's, it was so predictable. And Lamar Jackson, who you know, who bet on himself, turned out two hundred and fifty million dollars. And a good job by the Ravens. Hey, we offered the guy two fifty. Yeah, but two fifty is not enough in this world, okay? Um, and so Lamar Jackson, who's betting on himself, throws three touchdowns. Best player on the field, and nothing the Jets could do, Mike. I, I had a buddy text me and said, "Damn, there goes my." There goes my Joe Flacco theory that this team would be a lot better with Joe Flacco. And I said, you want to know the scary thing? What if they were? <laughs> oh, what oh. if they were? Did anyone else just get chills? <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Are you trying to say it would have been like 31 to 3 if Zach Wilson We would have like- seen two defensive touchdowns for the Ravens. <laughs> Uh, Mike, what a great, like, <laughs> the witching hour never fails. Holy shit, man. 3.30 to, like, 5 p.m. Eastern was some of the best football and the worst football I've ever seen in my life. I, I've i never actually done cocaine, but after surviving that window, I feel like I can tell people I have. Right. Because that was crushed up and snorted football majesty. And it all came at the expense of kickers is the best part. The yes. amount of major doinks were freaking wild. Yes, I will be hearing it was um, was it Boswell, the kicker for the yeah, Chris Pittsburgh Boswell. Steelers, yeah. that hit the loudest doink yes. since the double doink in that game. <laughs> yes, oh, it was incredible, man. Watching kickers all just barf all over themselves under pressure. There are only three kickers I want in the NFL right now. I want Justin Tucker. Right. I want Justin Reed, the safety for the Kansas City Chiefs, who had oh, a kickoff yeah. and an extra point, and then Cade bleeping York. The rookie for the Cleveland Browns wins the game on a walk-off kick this weekend. How about that? A rookie kicker is the only one that anyone can count on outside of the opera singing best kicker in football and a fucking safety. It's 3.30 on Monday. 24 hours ago, you would have put Evan McPherson in that category. Now you wouldn't touch him with a freaking 10-foot ball. All because of his long snapper. I'm blaming Evan McPherson because they had like a backup tight end long snapping for the last three field goals of the game. Um, it's so that's the guy who guaranteed, like he told Joe Burrow as Burrow was coming off the field, Hey, we're going to the Super Bowl, And he, <laughs> he, said, he said, Hey Joe, I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> this game doink shank block. It was incredible. And you saw Joe like shake his head at the end of the game. Like what the fuck? How did we lose this game? But that guy is so cool. Burrow is so cool, man. Like I have no doubt that team's going to be good only because of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I guess. I mean, he had five five turnovers in that game. I know. And they still had a chance to win it down the stretch. Man, big loser, like high hopes for Mitch Trubisky going into week one. That's going to be Kenny Pickett's team here sooner than later because the second half, I was watching on the red zone, and every time it clicked back to that game, somehow the Bengals were on offense again. Right. Every time that game came up, the Bengals were on offense again. So it was stalling out quickly for the Steelers on offense. But yeah, as long as they got Burrow, they're going to be fine. He got sacked seven times, I think, again, which sort of sucked, but that'll yeah. get better. Uh, Mike, some of the uh, some of the things that kind of uh, stood out to me, I thought were, were pretty fascinating, was uh, Brady. Brady's not even right yet, and that team is that team's going to be really good. The defense is good. Um, the other thing that really stuck out, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, that was like, yeah, Tariq Hill, you think that you made me? Get the fuck out of here. I'm Patrick Mahomes. I could do this with anybody. And they did, Mike. I think right now there's three quarterbacks and then there's everyone else when we talk about the tiers. It is Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert right now based on what we've seen through one week. And part of that is they do have the help around them. 
Like Aaron Rodgers was on his back most of the night. He has no idea what receivers he's throwing to right now. Alan Lazard, who was supposed to be the replacement number one, wasn't even in that game. And he had rookies dropping wide open touchdown passes. So he was in a little bit of a different situation. Like you said, Brady's in a little bit of a different situation. But those other guys, there's two shots of Mahomes and Herbert running the exact same play in the opposite direction and each laying in some alien throw between three defenders to a streaking receiver downfield. And we're just, I mean, Stugatz, you think about in the last 10 years, the quarterbacks that have retired and that we've lost, the Breezes, the Mannings, the Phillip Rivers, all these quarterbacks that we grew up watching and have been the ones here we have replaced them with a group of quarterbacks as talented as any we've ever seen, like physically the stuff that these guys can do. So yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes came out and threw five touchdowns and had like four incompletions in week bleeping one. He completed passes to nine different receivers. It's crazy. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's already like, wow. I, I had Kansas city and green Bay in the Super Bowl, and I have Kansas city winning this thing. I just think that, it's going to be kind of like that Ewing theory, Stugatz, where you take out that one big force multiplier of a player and you just spread it around to a bunch of very good guys instead, and it, it makes it life a living hell for these teams. 30 of 39, 360 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> and it just it looked effortless for me. And I get it. Like, it's the Cardinals. You know, we're going to make a bunch of homework jokes about Kyler all year, but I don't know, man. They just made that look really, really easy. Like, Stugatz, if you had if you had to start a team right now with one of those three guys, are you picking anyone over Mahomes yet? No. Um, well, Mike, ha- Mikey, yeah, how do you think Patrick Mahomes would look on the Jets? <laughs> it wouldn't be this. Right? Mediocre. <laughs> the M in Mahomes is for mediocre, right? <laughs> Oh, ruined. (laughs) No, Mike, I would absolutely choose. I would absolutely choose without question. I might throw Burrow into that category. I know he wasn't great yesterday, but that guy's just, I just want that guy in my team. But I think, yeah, if I had to choose one guy, it's Patrick Mahomes. I think anyone would choose Patrick Mahomes, you know? I I think so, too. I think it's just funny that you had, I mean, you had Sammy Watkins kind of throw shade his way once he got over to Green Bay. You had Tyreek Hill do it in big, bold letters on the podcast when he got down to Miami. It's just weird, Stu Gotts. Although, speaking of, I wanted to ask you, what's the what's the sentiment been down in Miami after Tua's first game? Beat the Patriots. I thought Tua looked pretty good and made a bunch of pretty good throws. And all those pieces they brought in to help out the roster seemed to do their part. Yeah, I think, well, I know a lot of people were encouraged uh, by what they saw to Tua. But, Mike, more importantly, I think what people loved and the team loved, and I was going to ask you about this, so I'm glad you brought it up, is the like McDaniel going for it on that fourth and seven where most at the end of the half where most coaches would not do that and the result was a fifty some odd yard touchdown pass to Jalen Waddle and oh my God they have wideouts the Dolphins are exciting um, I think I think what happened in that game is you know McDaniel said to us that Tua was the most accurate quarterback he's ever seen now perhaps he was being you know, a little bit in the moment guy there but he was twenty three of thirty three two seventy for a touchdown no interceptions he didn't turn the ball over. Uh, The defense is really good. And I think what happened there is when you have a coach who's willing to do what most coaches would never, ever do in that situation, Mike, they'd punt it away and go into the – Going to the half. I think what happened is the team is now bought in to Mike McDaniel. And I think that's a huge thing for a team to have success. Um, and so I know Dolphin fans are very excited, not only about Tua, not only about their wideouts, not only about their defense, they're excited about their coach. I think the team is as well, you know? 
I hope everyone keeps that up because Stugat, you think about coming off this weekend, two of the big stories, new head coaches went five, two and one this weekend. Yeah. Including Lovey Smith playing for a tie. Right. Yes. But we it's had five. Tie. That was a big tie though. I it mean. wasn't big tie. Listen, yeah. we, we, we that was a win of a tie. <laughs> yes. Oh, if you're, if you're the Texans, hell yes, it was. But yes. part of those wins, Brian Dable also had a big call in that game. Went for it, went for two at the end of the game, made it. They end up getting that win against the Tennessee Titans. I just hope everyone keeps that up because Stu Gotts, you remember the coach that was doing that last year? It was Brandon Staley. You're right. And all of a sudden, when you have a few of those go wrong, everyone sings a different tune. And Mike McDaniel and Brian Dable both went out there. And I think you're absolutely right. Said to their team, this is how I feel about you based on how I'm going to call plays. I have confidence in you guys based on what we've done to go and execute in these situations, which means I would say it's like blackjack. If you hit on 16 or you stay on 16, yes, you just do it all the time. And so if you're going to be like this, you got to be like this all the time. And that means sometimes it's not going to go great. And sometimes it's going to cost your team a game, but it's about what happens over the long timeline here and setting that tone. So I'm with you. I love that from McDaniel. I love that from Brian Dable. I just can't wait for week three when it fucks over one of their teams for everyone to start bitching about analytics again, the way they did with Brandon Staley last year. Right. I was one of them, by the way. The next three for the Dolphins, by the way, at Baltimore, home against Buffalo, at Cincinnati. <laughs> like, I mean, God <laughs> damn. That's so brutal. It's fucking brutal, man. Oh, but so you're saying he goes for it. He has to do it every time now. And when he does it and it fails, the fans need to relax and they won't. You're right. Yeah. Well, I think if you want a coach to be aggressive in situations that have a chance to help you out winning wise, there's always the the chance that it goes wrong the other way. So I just Dolphins fans live it up, man. You got an aggressive one here. It's going to be awesome. This guy's already going to have the unfortunate distinction of being compared to Brian Flores anytime something goes wrong since he was actually able to have success here. Yeah. So my couple of quick ones, you mentioned the Packers. You thought it was going to be Chiefs Packers in the Super Bowl. So yeah. I, I was concerned about Aaron Rodgers until I realized the same exact thing happened last year against the Saints. Now he had Devontae Adams. Okay. Yeah. And Adams looked good for the Raiders yesterday, but they got off to a slow start last year. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers became Aaron Rodgers again. They had opportunities there. Receivers and tight ends were dropping footballs. Yeah, I mean, Christian Watson dropped a wide-open wide walk-in of a touchdown right at yeah. the beginning of that game. And yep. you saw Rodgers frustrated in the sideline. Like, he's going to need more drugs soon. But, uh, Stugatz, I would say the reason I'm willing to kind of write this off is because the good team wasn't out there yet. Right. You know, David Bakhtiari's back, but he wasn't active in this game. Elton Jenkins, their other really good offensive lineman, not yet active. They're not going to get Alan Lazard back at some point here, who is supposed to be the number one guy that – helps replace Devontae Adams. That's not a one-for-one loss. The thing I was a little surprised about was the defense. Talent-wise, that's a group that they have been loading up on in the drafts in recent years, and I thought it hit pretty well, and they end up getting carved up. I mean, give Kevin O'Connell a ton of credit on the other side for what he did coming over with that Vikings offense, moved Justin Jefferson around all over the place and gave them fits, but I think we might see that offense is going to be pretty potent until it comes time for the postseason when inevitably Kirk Cousins will Kirk Cousins and will probably be out of that conversation. But I just think that Green Bay team is going to get more balanced. The running backs look really good. That offensive line got even more dinged up during that game, but I think is going to get to a point where they'll protect Rodgers long enough for us to get what we saw last year. Uh, any Well, you have to be concerned. What should the Cowboys do here, Mike, with uh, with Dak now being out for six to seven weeks, I guess? 
uh, you got you got to sign someone, right? Like, I don't know how realistic Jimmy Garoppolo is at this point. If that's you know just going to be the internet throwing that out there, um, I saw people point out Gardner Minshew um, as one potentially who's backing up in Philadelphia right now. Right. Um, trying to think of who else would really stick out backup wise there that could help out. I'd be interested where Tyler Huntley's at right now. And if he's, if he's still in Baltimore backing up Lamar Jackson, if that's one that they could try and pry from someone, because Dallas didn't really try and solve any of their problems this offseason. They just made more and then expected Dak Prescott to overcome it. And that didn't end up being the case. So that includes backup quarterback and they're going to have to go and get somebody because the one thing we know Jerry Jones will not tolerate because like he's not getting any younger. He's not going to just sit and let them tank and be bad and hope you get a draft pick next year. Right. That dude wants to go out and win. So they're going to go after somebody. And knowing him and the way he operates, I'm sure San Francisco is going to get a call and at least see what's going on here. They have to. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy, how long? I mean, <laughs> did, let's do it this way. Did Jerry Jones, did he send a text? Did he have any communication with Sean Payton last night? Any? So Jerry Jones probably went back because you know how on your uh, your iCloud, like your text messages for iPhone, you can go back in and you can leave that little like thumbs up or an exclamation mark. He probably went back to an old text that he sent him and didn't send anything new, but he just wanted the notification to show up there. That way he's got plot. See, Jerry Jones, he knows how to do this stuff. Like he's yeah. the original sports whisperer, Stu Gotts. And so right. he went in there and he knew, all right, I'll have plausible deniability. I didn't say anything, but I just let him know I was thinking about it and that he was on my mind. At this, you know, what a convenient time to be on my mind. Our team that had seven penalties a game last year had 10 in this game. What a coincidence that I might be hitting you up at this point. <laughs> Is there a chance Jerry Jones was happy with that result? I mean, <laughs> let's just get the Peyton already. <laughs> I mean, it there's just, no way. There's it, no do, way. it does seem like they're just excel. Like, Stu Goss, is there any other way this ends besides Sean Payton coming down here and coaching this no. team next season? No, no. Next year, but not during the season. I think at this point, you just stick with McCarthy. Like, just play it out and because they're not going to be good anyway, even with Sean Payton. I do wonder if... Because who knows, again, with Sean Payton, if that's a certainty, if Sean Payton's reciprocating that as much. I do wonder if at some point they would, if things go really bad, and they could here based on some of these injuries on offense, if things go really bad for them, if they would think about letting McCarthy go and promoting Kellen Moore to the interim head coach and at least get a look at him while he's in-house. Because people talked about that last year. Yeah. The first half of the season when the offense was going buck wild, saying Jerry didn't want to let Kellen get out of the building. And so while Kellen Moore, I think the shine is a little bit off him at this point, I do wonder if, again, this season goes nuclear at some point and it got off to that kind of start, if maybe that's something that Jerry Jones might toy with just to say, let me get a look at how the team responds. Let me get a look at how this guy responds and maybe see if I can keep him in house. Justin, And that would all be based on if Sean Payton is not a slam dunk. If he is, then there's probably nothing to worry about. But if he's not, then maybe that's a reason that McCarthy might not survive the entire season. I think the danger in doing that is that Kellen Moore, the team goes on a run with Kellen Moore, and then you're kind of stuck with Kellen Moore, right? That's like, all. And you really want to just get to Sean Payton, you know? <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, again, if Sean Payton, if Sean Payton, you're right. If Sean Payton, he knows he's got him sitting there in the hip pocket, Mike McCarthy's coaching the entire season. Right. If not... Then we know if Kellen Moore ends up at the head of that team at any point, then we know maybe Sean Payton's enjoy not having to do much. Maybe he likes yeah. just getting to pop in and do TV and go on vacations. Can we say, I'm going to ask both of you guys this, with 17, with 16 games remaining, was the Bengals-Steelers game the best game of the year? I don't care what else happens over the next 16. Do we already have our game of the year? <laughs> 
I'm going to say no. The game was still on at five. I mean, <laughs> Stugatz, I'm going to say no only because the Bills play at the Chiefs October 16th. Right. And we and know what Chiefs that Chargers on Thursday night, Mikey. Right. right. Yes. Like, we have it twice this year. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what happens? Twice we have that. Oh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, Stu Gods. I know, I know. The ball know. just jumps. Those those guys are all the ones where I can be like, the ball just comes off his hand differently. It jumps out of there. They're so yes. big and strong. I'm gonna tell you, uh, I I got to get out of here because I'm uh I'm moving my daughter into uh to Northwestern. But I I think you'll both appreciate this story. Okay, so I'm moving her uh, into the dorm room, athletic dorm. She's there. She's committed to play the cross there. It's one of the best, as Mike Golick knows, one of the best programs. Uh, in the country, certainly top three. They've won seven national championships. So she's moving into the dorm and some baseball player, okay? It's kind of like stopping by. He's looking in the room and, and like, God, my daughter's going to kill me. I'm telling you right now, I shouldn't even be saying this. Oh, my God. <laughs> but he's a baseball player. He's looking in the room. And I said, hey, let's keep it moving. All right, pal? And he said, what do you mean? And I'm like, listen, let me put it in terms you'll understand. In this room, everyone strikes out. <laughs> <I'm the up. laughs> oh i'm so proud of you Stu guys go thank in you. and set the tone <laughs> thank you now listen Wait, I freshman you year from her right off the bat uh, i'm telling you a story my daughter doesn't even know i did this yet <laughs> she's gonna hear it here <laughs> Stu Gotts, as someone yes. who ruined his sister's freshman year i was a fifth year senior at notre dame right. when my sister was a freshman that fall and I was everywhere. She was in the bar. Guess where I was? Right over in the corner of that bar. She was looking anywhere remotely close. You think any of my teammates had a chance at hell? You don't think I laid that message down in the locker room very early on in life here? She was going to have plenty of friends. She'd have plenty of people looking out, but she was going to have plenty of eyes on her. And I really don't think she liked me the first half of freshman year. My sister... God love her. We all had a great time being on campus at the same time. She was the happiest person in the world when I finally left campus after that fall, Stu got. So I can only imagine your daughter is counting the minutes until you guys finish moving her in and get the hell out of there. Oh, she wants to be out of here right now. So I have to take a different strategy. I can't go back to college. And if I did, I couldn't get into Northwestern. So <laughs> Stu Gotts, a... wait, are you going to do back to school Rodney Dangerfield style? Uh, or are you I, just I'm... buy your way into Northwestern? <laughs> I'm thinking about it, to be honest. But here's the strategy. The reason I have to leave is I've set up a meeting with Pat Fitzgerald, the football coach here at Northwestern, not to talk about his team, not to talk about his brutal loss at home to Duke, okay? Oof. That was a heartbreaker. That kid Hall had an amazing game. He fumbled at the end. Uh, it's only to figure out which of your players can I pay? Who is the most responsible to just be you, to be Mike Golick Jr. in the corner with his arms folded to make sure no one is hitting on my daughter? How about that? I'm meeting Fitz about that. I mean, <laughs> that great? Stugatz, yeah. I just realized in the NIL era, you can literally create an NIL deal for this player to be your head of security on campus there. And I got a great idea for you, Stugatz. Peter Skaronsky is their left tackle. Big-time NFL draft prospect. He's going to be one of the best tackles coming out in this upcoming Knows how to protect. He is, he is a natural-born protector, Stugatz. So you got to get the NIL money flowing into his pocket so he can go and be the starting left tackle for your daughter. Skronk. I mean, how about that? <laughs> Skronking it. I hope that baseball player turns out to be Mike Trout. I was so <laughs> <laughs>
that conversation's gonna change real quick. Hey, she's all yours. I almost was gonna say protect her backside. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Stupidity. Stugatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot has changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. It was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste you want and less of the stuff you don't. What I love to do, what me and my friends do, when we're sitting around, we like to enjoy it with ice-cold Miller Lights. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.